0: Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts. Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush.
1: Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, uh, Roger and Neil and John, myself, Bob, guys, how are you?
2: Great. Good, Bob, thanks. Doing great, Bob, how
1: are you? Well, good, always good talking to you. This week, we're going to talk a lot about AI, artificial intelligence. There's a lot of things to unpack, and it seems to be... The debate at a fever pitch right now, you've got Jeffrey Hinton, who's considered the, quote, godfather of AI. He resigns from Google. He says, I've got some real concerns about where AI is going to go, these chat bots and the whole thing. So we're going to talk about that for most of this podcast. But before we get into that, there is kind of an elephant in the room, a big news story this week, where Donald Trump, as you know, on Tuesday, he was found guilty by this New York jury of not rape by this woman, Eugene Carroll, but for sexual abuse and defamation. The accusation from her that back in 1995, Donald Trump took her into a dressing room forcibly and forcibly raped her in the dressing room. Now, that's the accusation that she has made, and the jury has basically said, We don't think he's guilty of the rape, but we are going to say that he's guilty of some kind of sexual abuse. We don't know what that would be, probably groping or something. I don't know. Uh, So let's talk about this first a little bit, and I'll just say right now, guys – I don't believe these charges at all. I think this is a jury in New York, probably mostly Democrats, probably mostly anti-Trumpers. They can't stand him. And I think they felt like, we don't like him. We don't like his boorish character. We don't like the things that he has said in the past, like the infamous Access Hollywood tape, which was all allowed to be played in the courtroom. And so I think it was a sense of, we think he is a pig, or at least back then was a pig. And so therefore... We don't want to let him walk out of here scot free. So we wanna we wanna charge him with something. We wanna punish him somehow, some way. The evidence does not support that he raped this woman at all. That's illogical and there's zero evidence for that. So let's come up with some excuse to hit him with five million dollars that he has to pay her. We'll say it's defamation and we'll say that it's sexual abuse. Okay, well here's what doesn't make sense to me about this, and this is what I want to throw on the table. First of all, From the perspective of the jury, why do they – if they believe it's not rape but it is some kind of sexual abuse, call it groping or whatever, then isn't the jury saying that we think that this woman lied about Donald Trump because she claimed she was raped by him? And so if she made that claim, isn't she the one defaming him? So to me, that this is a post-truth jury who says truth is what our feelings are. And our feelings are we don't like Donald Trump. We want to hit him with something. Because this makes no sense at all. Either the woman lied or she told the truth. If they believe she lied about the rape, why would they then create something new that she didn't claim happened, this so-called sexual abuse? Uh, I think the whole thing is absurd. Not because I think it's beneath Donald Trump's character to be a womanizing pig. He he was back then, certainly. But it's just not logical. There's no way somebody as famous as Donald Trump – Donald Trump walks in any room, any store, gets on any plane – Everybody's whispering and pointing and pulling out their phones. There's just not a chance somebody who's that visible, that known, that famous and watched by that many people is going to go into a dressing room and forcibly rape a woman. Come on, you could feel people unbuckling, unbuckling their belts in the dressing room next to you, let alone raping a woman. This just to me is illogical and it's another example of let's find somehow some way to punish Donald Trump by accusing him of something that the evidence doesn't support. That's my rant on that, but I'm kind of curious what you guys think going around the table.
3: Anybody? Almost 30 years ago, no proof um, of any kind, no solid evidence other than her telling some other individuals what happened, and they even encouraged her at that point to go to the police and report it and so on, which she never did, and then she's also got other allegations where she's done similar things to other individuals. To me, it's just not a lot of credibility, and I would agree with you on your statement about the jury.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seems like that's what's, what's happened here. I mean, Neil, what's, what's your take on this?
4: Well, you know, I, just so you know, I'm a sexual abuse survivor. So I'm of the mindset that sexual abuse survivors should be believed. But let me also say that, you know, I mean, we saw it in the Me Too movement with like the conviction of Harvey Weinstein and stuff. Powerful people who think they can get away with things, which by the way, Trump, talked about verbally you know the idea that when you're famous you can grab women in the crotch and get away with it um, is it out of out of the realm of possibility that something happened no I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility but you're I, I also fully agree with what you just said Bob if she said she was raped and the jury didn't agree with her then the case should have been thrown out dismissed because uh, you're right she's either telling the truth or she's lying and if they don't believe that uh, she was actually raped then it needs to be dismissed. However, uh, I do think that there was political motivation here, and you know, people would be ganging up on Joe Biden if somebody was going to for. And people have, people have people have made accusations, but when when the media gets behind it, and you know, people want to jump on the bandwagon, uh, it, it, you can take you can take powerful people down these days. And I I think you know if uh, if he actually did it, then he should be convicted. But it, it Bob, you're right. I mean. If, a superstar anywhere draws attention. Um, so, you know, the bottom line is I think that uh, if Donald Trump was actually, you know, in a department store, people would have noticed. And and by the way, what can you really get away with in a dressing room? I, I maybe, you know, maybe some form of inappropriate touching or... You know, some kind of inappropriate behavior, but, but those places aren't soundproof by any means. And people are going to, if you're famous, people are going to follow you in there to find out what's going on. So right. uh, I, I think it's very sketchy, to be honest yeah. with you. And, you know, let me just say this again represents, as far as I'm concerned, uh, an effort on the part of any, anybody who's, uh, you know, liberal or progressive to shut down anybody that represents conservatism. And that doesn't mean that conservatives never fail or, or make mistakes, but you know, the reality is there is a distinct effort to squash religious freedom, to squash um, patriotism and all of it. And you know, we need to fight for freedom. We need to fight for what's right and for truth, etc. And thank God for Amer- Alliance Defending Freedom. I'm just going to mention them here because they're one of our partners. And we know that the church and religious freedom are under attack in America. I don't think that this is a, an example of that. But but we know that it is, and Alliance Defending Freedom is committing, committed to uh, defending our brothers and sisters in Christ. But we got to do our part, and we got to join the fight. And I just wanted to mention today we need 40 people to donate to our partners at Alliance Defending Freedom. $50 donated at CrawfordMediaGroup.net, and let's take a stand for religious freedom. I don't know if you guys heard the story about the woman in Oregon suing the state because officials there refused her application for adoption on one basis— that she would not agree to take the children to get hormone replacement therapy for transgender confusion. I mean, the First Amendment guarantees that state governments don't get to choose which religious or ideological views they prefer and which ones they don't. And So when government discriminates in that kind of way and prevents people of faith from opening their homes for adoption or foster care, ultimately it's the children who suffer, and kids deserve better than that. So thank God Alliance Defending Freedom agreed to take her case, and it's going to fight for her freedom and I believe they would do the same for for us. They would. And they never charge a dime to any of their clients. So trust me, when this day happens to you and I, we're going to want the attorneys from Alliance Defending Freedom on our side. So donate $50 or $100 at Crawford Media Group and click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner. In less than 60 seconds, we can help defend our fellow Americans, including each one of us. Uh, but if we don't help ADF defend religious freedom, it's not going to be long before it's gone. So click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner at Crawford Media Group.net. And Roger, I don't know what your thoughts are about this Trump thing. But it's troubling and representative of the fact that we live in a very partisan society. And there are people that don't want anyone who represents conservatism to have a voice.
2: Yeah, of course not. And this is one of the biggest issues. I mean, the underlying theme here, you you could get into the debate on the Donald Trump case about, you know, how do you define uh, the charges, you know, that were brought against him and, you know, what was he, quote unquote, convicted of or found liable for. But at the end of the day, there are people on both sides of the aisle that are saying, "Okay, we want to have an impact on the election. We don't want Donald Trump elected. And so if Donald Trump isn't elected, then who is going to be? If we have more, four more years of what we've got right now, that means your taxes are going to skyrocket. It means the government's going to uh, step, you know, even further into your own business. And what happens to your retirement? What happens to your retirement money that you've been working so hard to save that you've been trying to steward uh, based on the way God has blessed you? And I'm grateful Dennis Wilson's are Partner here on the National Crawford Roundtable because he finds ways, he finds solutions. It's Wilson Financial uh, Services has alternatives to what happens in the market and what's available, and what your main big line broker will try to sell you, whether it be a, a an alternative to the traditional bank CD or an art- art- alternative to the real estate investment trust, your life insurance, you name it. Dennis has those options for you that don't lose money that have. Uh, I won't say hidden benefits, but extra benefits like long-term medical care that's not available anywhere. And you really owe it to yourself to click on the Wilson Financial Advisor banner when you go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net or to call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, and set up a no-cost consultation and just let them take a look at the the resources that you have and where you are in your situation and then uh, what it looks like for the future. Because guys, let's face it, I mean, we, we could argue the fine points of the Donald Trump case and quite frankly, I think a lot of it's just semantics. I mean, it's New York State law. We're, you know, we're talking. You know, some people are saying, "Well, these are rape allegations." Well, there's a big difference between rape and "quote unquote" sexual assault. You know, I mean, the fact that assault versus assault and battery. You know, for, I mean, that that's from what I've been reading about this case. That's what it appears is going on here. Is there's a lot of semantics, a lot of New York State law. They. Access Hollywood tape is now all of a sudden admissible because it's him talking about things that you know he did. And that's deemed sexual assault in New York law. So, I mean, it really you can get stuck in the weeds on this. The appeal will drag on. Alvin Bragg has moved his case up now to October instead of next January as far as the trial goes. So, you know that this is going to be a show pony for the left. Um You know that the MAGA supporters are going to dig in even deeper. The reality then, I guess Neil brought this up, is what happens to the mushy middle? What happens to the independents? What happens to the no party preference people who are sitting on the fence saying, you know, Trump is kind of a jerk, but, you know, he did get a lot of stuff done. And on the other hand, it's like, nope, there's no way I would not vote for him. But who am I going to pick? I mean, it really does kind of create confusion. And I think that kind of confusion and deception, that's something the enemy specializes in. That's something that he really is, is is. Yeah. He, just licking his chops on saying this is good i want to confuse christians i want to confuse people who don't know about the true truth and that kind of leads us into our main conversation today about well what is real truth and what is artificial truth and what is quote-unquote intelligence about this artificially generated world that we're moving into it's really crazy
1: well and that is where we are going to shift the conversation so as far as the trump thing goes uh, i guess one final thought I don't know if this is going to help him or hurt him, but I think there's a chance that this could actually help him with some independent voters if they actually take the time to put two and two together, have a light bulb go off over their head and say, wait a minute here. Uh, The jury is saying we think you lied about being raped by him, but we're going to say that he has to give you $5 million for – him defaming you when you falsely accused him of rape uh, and then you the jury decides, well, we're going to say he sexually assaulted her but did not rape her. Well, that's not the claim that was made by this woman. So she lied. She defamed Trump and she's the one that's due money from him. If the light bulb goes off over the heads of any of these independent voters, then they're they're liable to go, hey, you know what? I don't like Trump's personality. He does seem like a boorish pig sometimes. But you know something? It's not right to accuse somebody falsely of rape and then make him have to pay you for falsely accusing you because you got mad and said you lied about it. Well, it turns out the jury says Trump was right when he said he that she lied about him raping her and then he's got to pay her. So I – I don't know if the independents are going to put that two and two together or not. That's, I guess, what's left to be seen.
4: Yeah, uh, okay. Let me just jump in and say, Bob, I think what you're saying is possible, but I don't think it's plausible. I mean, we live in a world where perception is reality for most people, mm-hmm. and this is just one more millstone hung around his neck. And, why, you know, why are they so against him? Well, he is a, a boorish pig at times, and I think there's the personality thing. Some people just can't stand his personality, but the reality is – He's the he's the biggest obstacle to their progressive agenda. Right. So right. you got to take him down. But I mean if you, if we can hang one more millstone on him and and it, that's a heavy lift. People would have to do all that thinking you're talking about to avoid the conclusion that hey, he was found guilty. Period. That's it. He was guilty. Therefore, he must be guilty. But the reality is that jury said he didn't rape her. That's what the jury I know, said. I know. So, but you know. know what?
1: We live in a post-truth world, and today's liberal progressivism is whatever my feelings are, that's what truth is. I, okay. I don't care about justice. I don't you know, I don't care if uh, the Biden family – I don't care if Joe Biden is mentally declined and he can't even function as president. I don't care if the Biden family was lining their pockets with, with even bribe money potentially. That doesn't matter. All that matters to me is orange man bad. I don't want him in there. And so it's like, okay, well, I guess truth – doesn't matter these days or truth is whatever you feel like it is. If you can get my enemy, then do it. Do it. It's it's no longer longer whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. It's it's, uh, all that matters is whether you win the game. It doesn't matter how you play. And it's just really unfortunate it's turned into that. Uh, We do want to talk about artificial intelligence though. And as we shift the conversation into this – we got to remember there are advancing technologies. And technology is a I mean it can be a good thing, it can be a bad thing depending on how it's used. There are areas where technology is used in a good way. And one of them you hear me talking about on this podcast all the time. We never hear me talking about preborn. There's some technology that's being used here folks. You go back a few decades People didn't know what a picture of an unborn baby looked like. Ronald Reagan famously said that he switched from pro-abortion to pro-life when he saw his first ultrasound image. When ultrasound images started coming out, he was like, hey, wait a minute. This is a baby after all. This isn't just a clump of tissue. Well, this is why preborn is so important because preborn. this is the group that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers all across the country. And when those moms see a picture of their baby, they choose life almost all the time. They don't go across the street to Planned Parenthood. They let their baby live. So here's what it comes down to. Somebody's got to pay for these ultrasound images. It takes money. It doesn't come free. That's where you folks in this audience come in. $28 is the average cost to save one baby's life, to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. 28 bucks. Now, we've had a lot of you that have given already. We appreciate that. For the rest of you, here's what I'm asking of you. A one-time gift, take $28 times fill in the blank. What is that number? Whatever number God lays on your heart. Is it 10 babies, 100 babies, 1,000 babies? Whatever you can do, come up with a number, 28 times whatever that number is, and then that will be your lifelong legacy in your family of how many abortions you stopped. Would you make that one-time gift right now to preborn? Here's how you do it. Go online. Just go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the Preborn tab, and you can give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. So crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on Preborn. Give right there. And if you want to give over the phone, they answer to the phones 24/7. You can call any time. Call right now. Eight three three eight five zero. Baby, a 850 baby Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call if you would. And we thank you folks for doing this. As we're talking about now artificial intelligence. And it's amazing to see what's happening in the news. So many people talking about this and the concerns coming out as well. You've got this guy, Jeffrey Hinton, who some refer to as the godfather of AI, resigns from Google over his concerns about artificial intelligence going too far. you got these chat bots and the chat GPT where people are engaging in conversations. And then you're wondering, is this even a real person I'm talking to or not? Uh So how scary – is artificial intelligence getting? And then, of course, there's the privacy concerns as well. John, I can only imagine how your eye must twitch about some of the privacy issues surrounding artificial intelligence. So what do you think about this overall? And is it a net plus? Is it a net negative? What do you think about AI?
3: Like anything else, the internet, it depends on how we use it. It could be a Mm -hmm. net positive. It could be a net negative. I'm using, you know, chat GBT and, and some things that it has going on in a very positive way. I use it with my business clients and different things that I do. It'll, it will write all sorts of different things for you. It'll help you organize things. I mean, there's a lot of things that it does that again, help me understand. Help me understand that.
0: Tool.
1: Help me yeah. understand that because you're so far advanced in this area from, from where I am. I don't even know what, chat gbt okay. gpt is. i mean i've heard okay. of it of course and i want and i know this this ai chat bot kind of thing where it, mm-hmm. but what does it actually do for you in a real life practical sense how do so you how do that how do how do you manifest its use
3: it's a it's a website i guess would be the All best right. way to say it that's the All first right. thing you do is you go to the ChatGPT website, you do have to put in a, you know, username. You log in with an account, and the reason you do that is because you can then categorize and keep track of the things that you've been working on. So, for example, with me, let's say that I want to write a procedure for something in my business. I can say, Chat, you know, I can say, you just type into the into the search box. I guess you could say, I don't know how else to say it, but you just type in, create a procedure for. XYZ and include the following and you wait I don't know 10 seconds or so at the most and it'll pop out everything that you just asked it to do you can go in and then you know copy and paste it into a document and modify it accordingly And away you go. I mean, it will do everything, including, I used it the other day, guys, actually to write an ad for my show. I mean, it, I can literally put in the bullet points of the advertiser and what I want it to say, and it will shoot out the things that I need it to say. I have to modify some of those things to make it, you know, completely accurate. But I tell you what, it does about a 90% job of doing the things you want it to do without doing much modifications at all. So, you know, those are the plus sides. Are there a lot of negative? Are there negatives? Well you guys there's negatives with everything. I mean there's negatives with with cameras. I mean you could Mm -hmm. use it to you know to snapshot memories of what happens with your family or it's used pornographically. I mean you can go to one extreme or the other on most technologies and probably say that about anything. Am I afraid of AI? No, as long as we use it in the correct ways. Now, I think the guys that are in, in the middle of it, like, like Musk and the gentleman from Google you just mentioned, Bob, when you're in the inventing side of it and you know the ultimate possibilities and how this could be, you know, how this could go wrong, yeah, you're probably scared to death. And a lot of that will have to be flushed out as we go. But in, in its essence, is it bad? Not necessarily. It depends on how we use it.
1: All right. So the machines, will they actually take over someday? We end up with a real life matrix kind of world where the machines control everything. I suppose maybe that's what some people are thinking or worried about ultimately, but I've got to imagine. Roger, let me ask you. You're a pastor, as is Neil. Could you see yourself using some chat bot to, or some, some GPT thing to, to, to basically write 90% of a sermon for you?
2: No. Uh, <laughs> the reason, I mean, very, I, I totally get what John's saying. I mean, and I have a dear friend who works in the uh, in the broadcast world. He's a publicist. He's an acquisition editor for a publishing house, and he also hosts a podcast. and He was the one who told me that uh, when I first heard about someone actually using this, John's, you're like the second person I knew who does this. He said he put together. Does uh, he? He entered some data into his Chat GPT. And within about five minutes, he had 35 interview questions for a podcast. And he used a dozen of them. He says, the best interview I ever did. I mean, in terms of that kind of preparation, absolutely. But when it comes to, I mean, the the, the question we have to ask it, are you going to use it for good or are you going to use it for evil? I, I think the, the larger question for me is when does this take over and the artificial intelligence becomes the standard, it becomes the norm. You see how easily people can be duped into this type of thing. And, and let's face it, I mean, when the Internet really first started to hit 20-some years ago, the amount of information that was on it uh, doubled every 17 weeks or 17 months or whatever it was. And now the, the amount of misinformation that's available uh, to us as just, it's just—it's staggering when artificial intelligence becomes the the way to, you know, kind of create this so-called fount of knowledge. I mean, I don't see how any pastor could use this and not have the technology take over. You know, where it's got to be. God speaking to you through His Word and through the Holy Spirit, and you're presenting the sermon as opposed to, yeah, I didn't have time to prep that much this week. Let me throw in a few, <laughs> few verses and say, so Neil's chuckling because we all we've we've all been wow, there, right? Right? I mean, you know, yeah, you know that, but I, I, I that we have a chuckle about it here, but I think. Ultimately, it, it is going to get to the point. It's not a question of if it is a question of
3: when. It's probably already happening, guys. More yeah, uh, I yeah. Realized. I was just going to say that. And Roger, yeah.
4: I mean, you said no, you wouldn't use it. And I want to say no, I wouldn't use it. But I also think that the temptation at some point would be overwhelming to say, well, if I just put in, you know, a few sermon notes here and, Uh, A few talking points, and and give it you know a a topic of some kind. Let's just see what it comes up with, and if it's if what it comes up with is biblical and you know and creative and good and listenable, then I'm gonna I'll preach basically this. I'll make a few modifications to make it my own, and then I'll feel better about it. But yeah, I I I I bet John's right. I think people are already using it. Well, you know. You know by, by the way, let me mention: there's people now doing virtual church, right? I mean, they've created virtual yeah. churches where your avatar can attend service. And I mean, why wouldn't people be using AI to create sermons, especially in that environment?
1: You know, now, now I'm sitting here wondering. I uh, we're broadcasting this on Wednesday, tomorrow, Thursday night. I'm keynote speaking at a Right to Life banquet here in Michigan. So tonight, I got to put together my talk for tomorrow. I'm like, man, could I just have like Chat GPT? You know, hey, you know, give me some. Talk talking, put some pro-life talking <laughs> points, you know, you know speaking at a uh, church this Sunday, do I do
4: a uh, rut row? row you know, I, maybe think should, I think we should interview the people that are putting on the banquet, and afterwards, if they say it was the best speech you ever gave. <laughs> okay, made, so, so really you know. quick. All right, you guys,
3: really quick, you guys will love this. Your All right, followers- I'll t- Dear fellow uh, just, citizens, today I want right. to talk about one of the most fundamental and essential human rights, the right to life. The right to life is one of the most fundamental rights that every human being is entitled to. It's a universal right that should be upheld and protected by all governments, organizations, and individuals around the world. I just wrote your speech, Bob.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks. Can I plagiarize you? And of course, no attribution. You know, that. <laughs> well, yeah, John that's probably, yeah. I know exactly. That's probably an indication based on what you said that that's not from the heart, but uh, well, the second half of this podcast, we're going to be talking more about AI and many different aspects of this. And when talking about the unborn, remember, folks, as I mentioned to you before, if you haven't given yet to preborn, please do that now, because preborn shows ultrasound images of these unborn babies to expectant moms. That's what keeps them from going to Planned Parenthood, folks. These these women choose life almost all the time if we can get an ultrasound image in front of them. is the average cost to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. So we're asking everybody right now, decide how many abortions you're going to stop in your family. What's your family or your business legacy going to be? Here's how you do the math. $28 times fill in the blank. Come up with a number, whatever that number is. And that's going to be the forever amount of children that you save the lives of, 28 times whatever that number is. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. It's a tax write-off for you too. So here's what you do. Go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab. You can give right there. Or just give over the phone. They answer 24-7. Call right now, 833 850 baby. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. Uh, Also, we do appreciate you folks listening to this podcast and remember you can listen to past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, you name it certainly CrawfordMediaGroup.net if you want to watch video of us you can do that at MyHopeNow.com and Neil and Roger and John and myself, Bob, coming up in the second half next.
0: This has been a Crawford Media
1: Group production. Continue in the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, Roger Marsh of the Bottom Line for the People's Republic of California, Neil Boron-Neil Gil live out of Buffalo, New York. John GPT Rush out of Rush Rees in Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit. And we're talking all things AI. By the way, we do want to remind you folks as well. When you listen to our podcast, if you're listening on a regular radio station, sometimes they play the first half and the second half at different times. So you may need to go to the program guide of your local radio station and look and see where they, uh, where they play the second half there. But for right now, as we talk about artificial intelligence. So we talked about the chat bot things and, which by the way, uh, I, I I've got a friend of mine, guys, as well, who does ministry, and she sent me this YouTube video, and it's a YouTube video of her, and shes it's probably about 10 minutes, and she's presenting this kind of gospel message teaching, and she says, guess what, Bob, I didn't record anything. That was totally artificial intelligence mm-hmm. put that together yep. uh, because I, I loaded – there are images of myself right. and they can take images of myself and alter my – and so she looks like she's presenting a case and an argument for something. And it's like, mm. you she's didn't do this. You didn't record that's right. this. That's right. uh, my go- – I mean where does this go? Because there is a little part of me that's like, oh, okay, there's just a slight creepiness feel. To this whole thing. Yeah, a but then, bit.
3: you know, so I, I, mean, I mean, there I is and there know. isn't. I mean, on the same token, guys, when you start talking. You know, the amount of time throughout the world that is wasted on meaningless meetings where somebody just needs to give a presentation where frankly, whether their presence is there or not probably doesn't matter because there's no Q and A. Could somebody put something together like that and save themselves an immense amount of time not having to go to all the different meetings and things that they would normally go to? I mean, again, depends on how we look at this and how it's used. Are there benefits to it? Of course. Are, is there, you know, a detrimental side to it? Of course
4: what the about the other side
3: of coin well sure. but you know let
4: me also say yeah. that, that part of the other the other side of that coin is that you know we bought into all of the modern technology that we currently enjoy our smartphones and the internet and websites and everything you know that can be and now chat GPT. well <laughs> um got to figure that one out but mm-hmm. you know are we really do we really have more time think about it like people are spending less time with their families less time reading god's word Less time doing what they really want to do, because modern technology for all the time saving also promises that you can do more. So people try to do more, and it just fills up our schedule. And I think we, I think we bought a lie. I, that's not going to stop people from moving forward with technology. I think people love what they've got, and they think it's so simple and everything else. Yeah,
3: and really quick, I, I, Neil, I would disagree with that. That that is. Human nature, and it depends on the being, and I think that's something humans have fought for a very, very long time. In other words, time management and what they do on their own sure. in their own spare time, and to okay. just accuse people because we have technology of using their their you know open time unwisely. No offense, they've been doing that since the creation of time.
4: Well, check how much time people spend on their smartphones versus how much not time arguing people that, spend but I don't know that word. it was
3: any different prior to that. No offense, Neil, were they doing any more time in God's word prior to the computer and the internet? I doubt it.
4: I argue yes. Substantially, I, no. I don't know. I mean, people we're, we're famous for faking ourselves out. I mean, of as a, a country,
3: standard. we were in a different place spiritually. But if we were in the same place spiritually today as we were then, I would say no, they would have found some. Mm,
1: John, you don't place. think it would? It was a lot easier for somebody a hundred years ago to sit down, spend a couple hours in their
3: Bible, as opposed Shoot, to no, they the had to the the like the Two hours? How do we do that? Shoot, no, like, they had daylight and candle restrictions. So no, they, it was easier. Another,
1: they light another candle.
3: You know, you got extra candles, but it wasn't even as easy to acquire the things that you guys are even talking about reading at that point in time. So, no, it wasn't any easier.
1: Yeah,
4: well, Well, easier or not, but but what was the practical reality? I mean, you had families sitting around the radio listening to dramatic presentations.
3: Yeah, after the guy on the farm worked fourteen hours that day and came home and might get to listen for an hour, guys, it's no different. Trust me, it's exactly the same. Right. Right. It's, well, a well, matter, it's, it's a matter semantics. of time management as individuals and what we do in personal discipline. And no offense, the scripture's full of how to do that. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be an issue.
4: Okay. All right. All right.
3: I mean, you might be right, but I, I, I
1: don't know, Neil. I think you bring up a very fair point as well. I just have a hard time believing that with all of the technology that's been added, and we tend to use it to say, I can now cram 10 times more stuff and activity into my life than I could before. Uh, it just seems like it's complicated life and it's, it's taken know, away those, those opportunities to just have some still, quiet time. I mean, who sits around and whittles anymore? You know, it's it just we, we don't have time for stuff like that. And it seems like well, we did have time for that before the advent of this level of technology.
4: And the other thing is look at how marketing has used this. I mean, if you watch a 1970s baseball game, you know, go watch – uh, one of the games that when the Cincinnati Reds were in the World Series, for instance. And when the guy hits the ball to the outfield, see how much advertising you see in the shot while the guy's catching the ball. There's virtually none. Today, advertising is everywhere. It's on the walls of the outfield. It's hanging in the stadium. It's popping up or it's scrolling, you know, beneath the announcers while they're talking on the screen. It's, it's hitting our smartphones while we're trying to check the score of the baseball game. It's everywhere. We're getting blasted by Thousands, and that's maybe not a bad millions thing. of images.
3: That's not a bad I, I thing, think it guys. Was, it's a I don't, tremendous because distraction. What what people have now is more income. They have a higher, you know, no, no offense, but they've got more more value in their life, if you would, and the ability to spend more on all sorts of different things. And let's face it, we talk about it all the time on all of our programs because of the things we're talking about. The entire world is in a better place now than it was a hundred years ago. The totally wealth of the United the States has made the entire world better mm. than totally it was a hundred years ago. Those yeah. are all good things. Uh, yeah. Boy, I yeah, can't agree
1: with that. I think we're in a worse. I think we're in a worse place. No, I, I really guys. Do. Look, at, look farther at the entire
3: world God. population and the income levels of each, and we're in a better place economically worldwide now than we ever have. Been. But our John, hearts are well,
1: our hearts are in an uglier place hundred oh, totally, years ago no,
3: and, and to and to, I agree with that as well. Look at how much the gospel has been spread around the world since the advent of the airplane and the technology that we have that we wouldn't have had a hundred years ago, guys. I think the economic stuff is doesn't fit in this conversation jesus
4: said what should it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul i mean
3: bible talks about money than more than any other subject you know that neil yeah and the love it wasn't of it, important the the love why was it talked it, about
4: well the love well, of it is the root of all kinds of i'm eating.
3: not talking about the love of it i'm talking about the use of it yeah, as well, a tool
4: okay but unregenerate man getting something like money in his hands is is prone to greed and uh and you know, further acquisition of additional dollars, not necessarily and money in, in a church's with hand that can
3: spread the gospel around the world is a good thing. Yes, yeah. there's always bad to these things because we're human, fallen, sinful creatures, but there's Amen. also a good side to these things.
1: Now, and there, there is a good sign. The question, it goes back to the original thing asked, is it a net gain or a net loss? And it just well, seems to it me depends. that as far as our hearts and humanity and our relationship with God and what we consider truth and such, it just seems like overall it's been a net loss over the course of the last several decades. We've watched a dramatic decline in Western society when it comes to. Godly and biblical principles and values, and what we value. Uh, and by the way, that is not because godliness. of technology.
3: That's because the communists infiltrated this country in the forties.
1: Okay, but I think technology has been part of the mix. I don't think it's because of technology, but I think it's been very much part of the mix. Yes, tech. There's good things about technology, absolutely, but the evil things about technology and the way that it can be used in an evil way. I, I do you think that that's that contributed about to. You anything
3: that's been invented, including the horse and carriage.
1: I know. You know what I I get that, but I'm just saying in general, I look at the fruit that's produced in humanity right now, the state of the church right now. I mean, come on, we got a third of pastors that say that senior pastors say Jesus isn't the only way to be saved anymore. Uh, when I look at the fruit that's and a the problem rot-
3: of the church, Bob, not technology.
1: Okay. Well, what I'm saying is technology is part of the fabric of our society and how we function today. When you look at pornography, how much more easily accessible it is because now suddenly it just pops up everywhere. It just—it seems like overall with all the good that technology offers, the bad that it offers it has contributed to the fruit that's produced right now. Bottom line, we have in the last few decades, we've watched a dramatic decline and a move farther towards Sodom and Gomorrah and ungodliness. And even in the church, the church has taken on the flavor of the yeah. world way more in the last few decades than, than I believe it has in the last 2,000 years. Well, I won't and deny so, that, but
3: that's not yeah. technology's fault. That's the church's fault fault. All right. well, well, I'm, okay. I'm going
4: to point part of the fingers at technology here. But yeah, And I want to point part of the fingers too, simply because you know we use it and it's a tool. And yes, it can be used right. for good, but it also is being used for evil. And by the way, I think that at the heart of AI, we didn't really bring this up before, but I'm just going to mention, I think at the heart of AI, is the idea that we can be God. This goes back to the lie of the garden that mankind can fix his own problems. We don't need God. Look at, look at all the technology we've got now. Oh, and, you know, we've got cancel culture and that's going to make the world a better place. Uh, we're just going to do away with all Christian values. And so then the world will be better. Is it better? I don't, I don't think so. And we're actually losing our freedom in the process, which is why I think it's important we support Alliance Defending Freedom. And I said earlier, we need 40 people to donate $50 today at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. So if you would, please just click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner and take a stand for religious freedom. Here's why it matters, because it's working. I don't know if you guys heard about the school district in Arizona that illegally canceled a, a long-standing contract they had with Arizona Christian University. It was a contract that provided student teaching and ultimately employment opportunities for graduating teachers. Uh, But the reason that, according to school board members, that they canceled that was because student teachers from Arizona Christian University represented a danger to the LGBTQ community simply because the students were committed to Jesus Christ and biblical values. Well, Alliance Defending Freedom sued the school district on behalf of the student teachers for blatant violation of their constitutionally protected religious freedoms, and they won, praise God. Apparently, the Washington Elementary School Board came to their senses and agreed to settle the religious discrimination suit, put the needs of the elementary school children first, and once again decided to partner with um, Arizona Christian University's biblically trained student teachers. That's a huge victory, but it's becoming, in my mind, painfully obvious that we can't just sit by and literally give our freedom away. Uh, They protect people like us, like these teachers, these student teachers, free of charge. Never charge a penny. So would you please donate right now at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. It takes less than 60 seconds to protect our freedom. And we got to realize that one day this is going to be us. One day our freedom will be gone if we don't act. So click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Roger, you're like a quiet church mouse here. Well, I'm not out of pop- argument. I, I, I'm watching a tennis match. I've been, I've, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm, out of,
2: I'm out of popcorn now, so I may as well jump right in. <laughs> okay. uh, it's a fascinating conversation, really, is that the ACU case that, that Neil just mentioned, I, I, it really intrigues me because of the fact, to your technological argument, that two members of that council, uh, that canceled the contract did so, not because the students have been acting out over the past decade. And they were hiring people for school supervisors. They were doing like a 100 ACU students have been hired. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they read their statement of faith on the website, and they decided that if that were their actual statement of faith, then one of the LGBT students or faculty at one of their schools might actually feel threatened. And so it was all based on perception. It wasn't based on reality. And yeah. so, you know, it's amazing how many people are living in this world right now. And as we've been having the conversation about technology good, technology bad. I mean, it really boils down to modus, doesn't it? I mean, if take a look. Luke chapter twelve, the parable of the barn and the builders, and you know the the, the Jesus says, you know, here's a guy who's, you know, it, it's a plentiful harvest, and I'm going to build bigger barns, and finally the Lord says, you fool, tonight, you know, what you have is going to be taken from you because you're going to lose your life. But he ends it in Luke twelve twenty one. He says, uh, he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God is going to meet this kind of demise. And I, I, I realize that it's it's so important for us as believers to say, look, the technology. Technology is not moral. It's not immoral. It's amoral, right? I mean, so it's, it's, it's all in how we use it. You can drive a car into a red light district or you can drive a car to church. I mean, it really doesn't matter what, what the, the technology doesn't have a soul. Right. The danger in AI, I think, is that it does. And one of the things I love about Dennis Wilson's commitment to us and to uh, his faith is to say, look, these products that are available on the market for you to invest in, don't have souls either, but if you find companies that are values-driven, if you find opportunities to earn a profit and to then re, uh, reproduce, if you will, by reinvesting in the, uh, the pre-born investments that he makes in the the churches that he builds in Africa. I mean, this this is the kind of company you want to place your your financial stewardship with, and that's why we've got a banner for Wilson Financial Advisors up at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's the reason why you call 800-696-9970 and say, look, I've got a 401k, I've got an IRA, I've got a pension you know, and I want to make sure that I'm honoring God with it. I don't want to lose any of this and Dennis can help you to find those ways legally to where you can make those investments so you don't lose money and then you get extra added benefits that your bank certificate of deposit doesn't have but your 401k doesn't become a 201k with Dennis Wilson. I mean it's magnified but the whole point is how are we using it and to both John and Daniel's points um, I think that what we're discussing here with the AI is The technology can be used for good. It can be used for evil. The danger that I see is there's going to come a point where, I mean, someone was using, I mean, a a more matrix example. I'm a little more old school. I think Sorcerer's Apprentice, you know, where I, I can still see all those buckets and all those mops and all that water coming in everywhere. And the music sounds great. It looks like quite a spectacle on the screen until you realize it's out of Mickey's control. And there's going to come a point where it becomes out of our control and then it does become an instrument of evil. You know, I mean, that, that, that's when the immorality comes in. So I, I think that's, that's the tension that we're living in right now is, you know, it, it's amoral technology right now, but how is it going to get used? And but for a few people, you know, mm-hmm. go, if you, if you got the head of AI, you know, the, the godfather of AI at Google saying, I'm walking away because this is getting too crazy. That's a real red flag for me. Yeah. It is. Yeah.
1: Uh, what about – I'm, I'm kind of curious to get you guys' take on on robots and the humanity issue and, and what we're seeing as far as the actual machines themselves. First of all, because there's a couple of implications here. One of them, are, are jobs going to start getting lost because machines are taking over jobs for people? Let's face it, automation, yes. this was a debate people were having uh, really decades ago. So th- this has been an ongoing debate, but it does seem like it's – it's moving into hyperspeed now as far as automation and the elimination of jobs. And, John, you're the, the, the businessman here. Uh, it, d- does it get to the point to where uh, can there actually be enough support jobs created to support the uh, artificial intelligence? Or is this going to be a serious rewriting of how employment is even done?
3: We still have 10 million open jobs in the country. I think that speaks for itself. And granted, there are different types of jobs and some jobs that some don't want to do. But, you know, is technology needed in the business economically, you know, in the business community economically to keep us moving forward even as a country? Absolutely. Cause we're not finding enough bodies to do some of the things that need done. I mean, even look at the way cars are assembled today versus how they were assembled even 30 years ago. The robotics that are there, even, even the painting of a car now is all done robotically, in, you know, in, in the factories. I mean, the reality is the robots do a lot. Does that mean there's still no workers at GM or Ford or Stellantis? Or I can go down the list. The reality is, no, there's still a lot of workers there. Is this going to have a shift and supplant some workers? Absolutely. Just like, you know, stenographers. You know, or, you know, people doing shorthand. I remember my mom back in the day doing shorthand for somebody dictating out a, a. you know, she used to do, uh, you know, term papers and theses and things like that for the university because we lived in a college town. And she would have to hand type her shorthand, you know, into the thesis, and these guys would pay her to do that. Well, of course, my mom is no longer needed to do those things because we've got technology that's replaced that. And with every one of these things that we have, people will have to reeducate and learn something new if they're doing something now that they'll be replaced with, either automatic you know automated or robotically. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. But yes, I, we need it.
1: Yeah, all right, all right. Now, in talking about the jobs and techno and even the issue of humanity and borderline cyborg kind of creations that are being created, I'm kind of curious to get you guys take on that as we as we continue this discussion. But first, let me remind everybody when talking about humanity, nothing changes in fact. I don't care how realistic Some robot is made to look human and mimic humanity and whatever. Only God creates a human being. And God creates that human being at the moment of conception inside a woman's womb. And you know something? Uh, A soul is implanted, and this is a baby made in the image and likeness of God at any stage. We need to be protecting these babies, folks. We need to stop abortions. And we can do this by giving to preborn. Remember, preborn shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms all over the country in pro-life centers. They're the main group that does this. But it takes money to show these ultrasound images. All right? It doesn't come free. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images to save one baby's life. So that's why I ask everybody listening to us right now. Everybody have some skin in the game, okay? Have some amount of babies that you're responsible for saving the lives of. What is that number? I don't know. Pray about this. Look over your budget. It's this simple. Take $28 times fill in the blank. $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever number you put in there. If it's 10, that's $280. That's 10 babies. If it's 100, that's $2,800. That's 100 babies. I don't know what the number is you can afford. But come up with something, maybe a number of God lays on your heart, and then that's the amount that you give in a one-time gift. And your forever legacy will be that's how many abortions our family stopped. So here's how you give: go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn tab. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. You can give right there, and 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And if you want to give over the phone, call right now eight three three eight five zero baby. That's eight three three eight five zero baby, just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing this. Let's save these babies' lives. As we talk about artificial intelligence, what about the the human mimicking? Because uh, I'm curious, uh, Roger and Neil, to get your take on this, especially as pastors. When when you look at some of these robots now and the facial expressions that they're making, it's getting pretty close to data on Star Trek. And, and uh, I I predict that we're not that far away from from laws being changed that allow somebody to, quote-unquote, marry their their robot. You know, I mean, there's already <laughs> oh, this oh, – en- I, I, no, yeah. but you know what, though? Let's think about this. Right now, there is a huge industry called sex bots, okay? where And, and, I, and this is Christian, and so we don't focus on stuff like that, of course, but – this is actually a growing industry right now, and it 's like okay and so it 's not that much of a stretch that people aren't going to quote unquote start falling in love with their robots, if you will, and I just would not be a bit super come on we 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 redefined marriage back in 2012 in America, uh, right now we're saying men can get pregnant and we're gender confusing children with drag queens, is yeah. it really that much of a stretch before yeah. Gavin Newsom out in California says, you know something we need to start letting this man, you know, love who you love, not just who you love but what you love. You can you can't you can't conf- you can't put love in a box to just one gender. Or to one species or to you know and how do we even define life, blah blah blah. I I, I could totally see artificial intelligence creating a marriage industry for human, robot And they'll come up with some other or some synonym for robot.
4: And if it goes there, and it's likely to go there, then the next Mm -hmm. thing along the line is bestiality. You're going to see. Oh, it is totally is. Everything is, you know, all morals, all values, all biblical principles go out the window. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple things real quick, and I'm sure Roger wants to weigh in, maybe John as well, but you know. I saw an article recently about, you know, where we're headed with telecare and telehealth and it's terrifying because chatbots are going to be diagnosing our problems and prescribing medications. I mean, we're actually moving in that direction. Yeah,
3: in some cases they do a better job than the doctor does.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I know a story about a little boy. I actually talked about this on the air. It was a three-year-old little guy, uh, now, but, uh, when he was born, his heart rate was out of control. He holds the record at Buffalo's Children's Hospital for 308 beats per minute. I mean, it was, Ooh. it was ridiculous. And the doctor who needed to attend to that situation, they tried everything. They tried every drug to try to stop this heart. He said, there's only one thing you need to do. now he was in a car talking on a cell phone, but he told the staff in the emergency room, he said, here's what you need to do. You need to put a plastic bag over his face and suffocate him at the same time, put ice on his forehead, creating what essentially is, um, a, an artificial brain freeze. And for some reason that shocked his heart back into reality. They tried electrical shocks and everything, but it shocked his heart back into reality. And that little guy, hmm. Max, I call him super max. Um, I've, I've, I high-fived him. I hugged him. I saw him. I mean, he's, he's a miracle. But would anybody take that? Would the emergency room staff listen to a robot telling them to do that? Like, I would think yeah. that the robot had become demonic or something. But I want to read this real quick. Revelation thirteen eleven to 15. Listen to this, then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. The beast had two horns like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon, and this beast exercised all the authority of the first beast and caused the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast beast whose mortal wound had been healed and the second beast performed great signs to, to cause even fire from heaven to come down to earth in the presence of the people because of the signs it was given to perform on behalf of the first beast. It deceived those who dwell on the earth. Telling them to make an image of the beast that had been wounded by the sword and yet it lived. The second beast was permitted to give breath to the image of the first beast, so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship it to be killed. I mean, I don't know what that's referring to, but man, in the context of today's conversation, right. it's like what? <laughs> anyway,
1: yeah. uh, Roger, chime in if you would, real quick. Just so we only got about like thirty, forty seconds left, but your thoughts on the, on humanity potentially being redefined.
2: Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, and, and we see this and it all stems from our desire to try to be God apart from God. You know, instead of having a relationship with him, we're trying to become him. And uh, I'm speaking for mankind on the whole. Right. And and therein lies the difference. I mean, the difference is you, you come before the Lord and either uh, the stone lands on you and crushes you or you fall and are broken to pieces, and then God puts you back together. And for those of us who are part of the broken chosen, uh, who have been restored, uh, we all we can do is go into all the world and preach the gospel and the good news right. that we are not to become God, but we are to become gods And that, uh, in yeah. terms of possessive. And uh, that's we're, we're at that point right now. There, there's well, no I'm, turning back.
1: I'll tell you what, we're so narcissistic, and the idols today, it's not a Baal or a Molech, it's self. We're so yeah. self I'm just waiting for an industry to pop up where you can have your own self created into some kind of a bot or robot or or whatever, Uh, almost a clone, a technological clone of yourself in some way. I would not be a bit surprised if we didn't have some kind of – Thing like that happen in the future. Who who knows? It's it's a crazy world. But you wonder how long until Jesus returns. But nothing changes. The fact Jesus is still on His throne. He's still Lord. God is still in control. He's not surprised yeah. by any of this. But uh, but we are getting closer and closer to His return. I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, we also want to remind you, folks. We want you to support. The sponsors to this podcast. Okay. Support Dennis Wilson Financial. Okay. Support ADF. Give to ADF. We need you to support preborn. Give to preborn. Fund these ultrasounds. Don't forget, take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, that's how many abortions you will literally stop. This is how many babies' lives you will save. 20 years from now, you'll be able to say, hey, back in 2023, our family was responsible for saving X number of babies' lives in their walk in the earth today. So $28 is what it costs to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. You're paying for these ultrasound images through preborn. So go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the preborn tab, and you can give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. $28 times whatever that number is. Is it 10 babies, 100 babies, 1,000 babies? I don't know what you can afford. Uh, $28 times that number. You can also give over the phone, you can call right now twenty-four-seven, eight three three eight five zero 833 833-850-BABY. You'll talk to a real-life person 24 hours a day. Call now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And we always appreciate you folks listening to us. You know you can watch video of this podcast at myhopenow.com. And, of course, you can listen to this episode and previous episodes wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, you name it, certainly crawfordmediagroup.net. And Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh, The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Uh, guys, always right talking with you. So, <laughs> sorry, I had to have my well, chatbot takes over. Know the difference. I had to take uh, have my chatbot takes over. That is, you know, sometimes you can do what you got to do. Hey, try I'm, to
4: imagine you know, the world with another Bob Duco. Hey,
3: I'm, uh, uh, oh boy, <laughs> hey, you know, I
1: just I want to find out if this thing can do show prep. Okay, that's what we got to find out. Chat GPT show prep. Uh, anyway, guys, great talking with you. Look forward to uh, next week. Thanks Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless.
0: You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. And look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.